Boxing, the awardless winning podcast. It's the Intellectual Saviors with your hosts, Lapito. Pretend like I'm fucking <laughs> raping you. You won't get these fucking herpes I got, and you're not gonna get pregnant. <laughs> the Ginger Bear. So actually, eating shellfish is worse than fucking getting it in the butt, so. And the Pivot Man. It's not about its color, it's just about how big it is. They haven't won any awards, but they've won your hearts. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Intellectual Saviors. How's everybody's week? Shitty. Shitty. Oh my Shitty. god. Shitty. God damn. It's Tuesday. I'm fucking burnt out. Oh my lord. Wow. Welcome to my fucking world. It's, it's, people are like fucking dying. People are blowing people up. This week sucks. <laughs> it. It is my birthday tomorrow, by the way. Happy birthday. <laughs> Mine, mine's not for this another is week. This the shittiest week ever. Why don't Happy you just birthday. be a bag of fucking sunshine for us then? <laughs> So there you go. If anybody listens to this in the next week, be sure to uh, donate to the party fund for Eric's birthday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll be the you'll be are the you, first. Are you working? Yeah, actually, you're working. Yeah. Of course, I'm working. I'll party for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am early out though, so I can at least uh, hit up some bars and shit. Yay! I'm not gonna go out because Thursday I have to wake up at seven and take my kid to school. Yeah. Oh Sorry man! About Sorry about that. Is that a white people problem? <laughs> I mean, not really. I don't really care. But I mean, I love Eric. He's cool. But I'm, I love my kid. So. Oh my goodness. Just saying. That's okay. Is that melodramatic? That is a little melodramatic. A little bit, yeah. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, since we had to change the schedule up, Boggs is already whining. This is what we do for the listeners, though. We, we change our schedule and do it on a Tuesday. We do whatever we got to do to make you know, them happy. Ironically enough. Because we do it on a Tuesday, we can actually talk about the Boston thing really early. Because we, you know, it's not True. like we did it on Saturday or something, and then we're like, "Shit, we have to wait for six days." But actually, if we waited for six days, we'd probably have a little bit more answers. Because right now, it's just uh, three people died. Yep. A lot of people are injured. One of them was a little eight-year-old boy. There were only two bombs. Waiting on his dad to get to the finish line. And is it is it weird that? Boston's baseball team's called the Boston Red Sox now. Dude, that's... <laughs> Maybe they should change their name. It'll bring up some bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't even know what to say to that. Wow. Okay, listen. If you if you ever listened to the show and just like said, fuck this, click, yeah. this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment where I completely understand if you take offense to what we I, say. I can't take complete credit for that joke that was actually from my best friend from Alabama. So. Yeah. Oh, it's from Alabama? Yeah. Okay, see, this is exactly what we're talking about in this show. Don't fucking be Republican. Don't don't be from Alabama. Don't be from Alabama. Oh, and he's definitely Republican. Well, dude, did you ever see, there's a Family Guy clip of Kermit the Frog talking to a black guy, and the black guy's like, hey, which way is town? And he's in the boat, and Kermit the Frog goes, yeah, it's back the way you came, and he clicks a shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you ever seen that before? No. That's what I feel like it would be like in Alabama. You go there, and if you're black, it's just like, dude, fucking duck. I'm just sure. fucking stay in a car. Don't get out. I'm sure it is similar to that. God damn it. I was going to say something that the whole Kermit thing just 
took it right just out took of it right out of your mouth <laughs> threw you a curveball oh my god threw had, you a kermit ball had a gold line <laughs> just lined up ready to go and gone gone with kermit and the shotgun <laughs> This is so fun watching you surf the internet to look I'm for your material. I'm not surfing, dude. I'm, I'm actually uh, going from the four articles that I have pulled up back and forth. To each Jesus one. Christ! Like this a little. This is the thing, motherfucker. Every every goddamn show, and I know everybody who listens. To this knows this. Boggs and his lack of research, dude. I do a lot of research. You guys, uh, I wish we had the. Well, I guess Eric maybe he's taping and we'll have the behind the scenes. We throw it up where Boggs is going through every <laughs> fucking show before I do he have it. I do have video evidence. Hey, of I did it research now. this one. No, I don't think I did any research on this one. No, I did. This was mine. I know I did research on. I don't even remember Dude, this. Dude, we made show. fun of me in the theme song. I think everybody's aware that I don't actually do a whole lot of research, and mm. that's fine. Yeah, but a lot of people probably shit. haven't heard the theme song. It's so far removed. No it shit, it's really far removed. Go we, back about we're ten stay episodes. The hell away from that. No, don't don't do it. Oh, about uh, his Red Sox joke though, because we got to give yeah, out yeah. the fucking things real quick. Be sure to add us on the Twitter at the Intel Saviors. Uh, go to Facebook, um, iTunes, Podbean.com. Type in the Intellectual Saviors, and you should find us. And uh, Eric, if you want to send like hate comments to him over his Red Sox joke, you send to um, <laughs> at uh, E Ginger Bear. Do it. And while you're doing it, remember <laughs> about how concerned you are about the people up in Boston, and not concerned about the 1,500 kids that die of famine every. Day. Go fuck yourself. There you go. And then do that. You showed them. Yeah, I did. Damn so it. was that pretty you much Boston them. Marathon talk? Are we pretty much done? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> like, all we got. We don't know anything. Fortunately, the thing is, is yeah, we don't really know if this was foreign or domestic. We don't know if it was indeed bombs at this. I mean, I guess everybody. The only knows thing it's that I bomb, can assume is that it's domestic, not foreign, because most of those, uh, most of those foreign terrorist groups, they probably would have said, "Hey, it was us." Yeah, because they, they want to take credit for that shit, but. I think That's a good uh, point. I can't remember which terrorist group, but some terrorist group came out and said uh, it wasn't us. As much as we had dream of doing that, it was not us. That's funny. So, uh, and m- usually the domestic terrorists are—they're uh, a lot more quiet about it because they obviously live here. Yeah, they don't want to get caught. <laughs> <laughs> right. So they—they they usually the ones that are silent. And we don't know anything for a while until little, they get caught. Little life advice though: don't just stop doing things because shit like that happens because you can't control that. Fucking live your life. Don't live in fear. Oh, yeah. That's exactly, that's kind of exactly what they want you to do is just, you know, stay at home and worry and fucking stay up late and fucking live your life. Yep. And it is a very good prime example of uh, how the world is a stage these days. Because how many pictures, photographs, videos, uh, Twitter uh, recounts and all kinds of other shit has been hitting everywhere, every single piece of media. And there's been so much misinformation that's been thrown out left and right. It's mm-hmm. a really good example of how, first off, shitty we are at reporting anything. <laughs> and how quickly information can just flood you with obscene amount of information that is, for the large part, incorrect. Yeah. Or irrelevant. Or irrelevant, yeah. It may be correct, but it doesn't really pertain to anything other than like somebody's account. That probably is the biggest story out of it so far, is how inept our news media is. It's been a 24-hour cycle, and they've reported nothing new because they have nothing, but they keep trying to make up stuff and pulling these experts to, oh, it, you know, it could have been foreign because of this, or, you know, oh, they used the... Uh, well, that's what uh, happens when you're a slave to ratings. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's um, that's something I really don't like. Actually, uh, one of the things I was going to bring up during the uh, the little opening segment here is I had a 
like an hour long talk with your your boy Brian again. Oh my god, <laughs> we gotta get him on the show. I actually told him I was like, dude, you should probably just come on the show at this point because we uh, every time I talk to him, I like end up saying the same shit all the time. But uh, it was actually pretty cool though. He's he's a na- he's a he's a really nice guy. Um, we don't see eye to eye on a lot of shit, but I mean, basically for most of them, they just feel that like. Like, government is 100% corrupt, and there's nothing you can do about it, and they're just there to try to run your life. And you Sounds know. about right. I can I can, <laughs> I can, can sympathize with that, but they take a lot of assum- assumptive natures. Because like, I, I, I pose to him the same thing I pose to most Christians when I talk to them. I was like, why aren't you liberal? Why are you conservative? Why do you feel? Because most of the time, you, the same people who are Christian and should be free-giving and give freely and love the idea of charity are the ones who say, why are my tax dollars going to some poor black lady with 700 kids? Yep. And I was like, I mean, why is that a Christian value to hold? So, but I mean, he's he's a lot more intellectual about stuff than I really gave him credit for to begin with. Let's put it that way. Not that I have, you know, presuppositions about Republicans or conservatives or Christians or anything. No, never. Which leads me to my... Boggs's Bible thump. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm taking the fucking show <laughs> for a second. <laughs> I was going to talk about money, and I decided to go yes. with this little New yes. Testament part, and we were talking about Jesus's uh, philosophy. Philosophy. <laughs> philosophy. That's a word. Philosophy. Philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to find the King James version. This is this is actually one of my like irritating pet peeves about the bible is how people are like it's it's 100 percent dogma and it never contradicts itself or anything and i'm like um let me just i'm gonna i, I found this site it, it basically lists like literally every bible verse and then it lists every version of the bible that we have in the market right now so let me just give you a list of all this new international version new living translation english standard version new uh new american standard bible king james bible holman christian standard bible international standard version net bible Aramic Bible in plain English, God's words. God's words. Straight up, man. God's fucking words. God's words. It's King James know. 2000 Bible. Copyright 2003. Okay. Uh, American King James Version, American Standard Version. Dewey Reams Bible. <laughs> Darby Bible Translation. <laughs> English Revised Version. Do it or do it, not Reams. I'm not even halfway down the fucking page. So there's a lot, is it, what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, the point is, is it's really hard. But anyway. So the the verse is this. It is uh, King James Version. This is Matthew twenty one thirteen. Let's see what you guys think about that's Jesus my, that's right now. That's my favorite Matthew. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh. And he said to, th- or let's, that's the wrong version, and said unto them, it is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. We're talking about money changers. This is where he flips the table on them and shit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that's all I got, really. I was going to do the Chris Farley joke. Nobody got that? Neither of you saw that, did you? You suck. His Saturday Night Live skit. On what? <laughs> Dude, he's like a radio <laughs> host when he's talking to like Paul McCartney or he'll talk to... Um, Great. Yeah, you remember that, right? When yeah. He's oh, yeah, yeah. And he gets you all upset with himself. And he yeah. Goes, you remember when like... That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the Paul McCartney one. God, oh. I'm so stupid. <laughs> Starts yanking his hair out. <sighs> Fucking Chris Farley died. Yep, he did. Yeah, like a decade Dude, ago. Dude, Pat Summerall died. Fat and Pat Summerall did die on coke. today. So yeah, if you're listening to this, son of a bitch. Yeah, if you're listening to this, then 
today's the day that Pat Summerall passed on to the next plane. Unless today is the day that you're listening to us that Pat Summerall did not die, and then it's not that day. Yeah. It was previous day. I guess that's always going to be true. Unless like after today, that will all yeah. pretty much be 100% true. But anyway, yeah, today, <laughs> Pat Summerall died. That's why I say if you're listening to us today. <laughs> Anywho, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, I have to say, for a person who is very religious... And yesterday, the Red Sox got their name. Uh, well, it's too soon to do jokes over that, man. An eight-year-old boy died. That At really e. hit Ginger Bear. <laughs> At E. Ginger Bear. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, that's uh, one of the things that, that uh, we've talked about before. E- Eric still thinks that Jesus was a dick, and I kind of find... He is a dick. I well, kind of find that he was really self-righteous. If he lived, then I would consider him a dick, too. Well, actually, I've been looking up a lot of stuff on that, too, and there's... Like, he was a mean, angry I, little I, fucker. I figured, I figured I would take the antithesis road here from Eric and uh, just start looking up some proof uh, that Jesus actually existed. And the stuff that I found is very, very, very like, subst- like insubstantial, and it's really like irrelevant. Yeah, like a lot of it's like supposition, um, mm-hmm. and they just kind of fucking go with it. Of so course they do. They have to. Now this is, of course, assuming that you can't take the Bible into consideration. Um, because obviously the Bible is a source that says Jesus was alive, but I try not to do that as much as I can. Cause first off, like the first documentation we have of that is like fucking 12 years after everything happened. A little bit longer than no, that. I was about to say, I think it's a little bit more far removed from when I think, it happened. I think Mark that. wrote it 12 years after. I think it was about no. 40. I don't think anybody found it. Was it 40? I think about 40 to 50. Is it People don't even live that long at that point in time. Well, that's the thing is that's that the people that wrote the, the Bible point. did not have any interaction. This is with this is something that I've heard. Supposed Jesus, exactly. Yeah, this is something all the that people I've heard. that wrote about him are oh writing boy, about something stuff that they've heard. You started did. something in this one. Small yeah, I mean, what segment. happened to the fucking money changers? That I thought that was the Bible thumper. I wanted to talk about money, but oh uh, my god! The point to getting to that though is what, what I was trying to say with Jesus is I don't really disagree with a lot of his philosophy. I fucking hate people who are trying to like rip off people like that with money and. Uh, I think a lot of people, like, even right now, like, bank, I fucking hate banks. I really do. They're assholes. They don't do anything efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like, today, <laughs> you want me to tell my story about today? <laughs> Go ahead. Like, I'm, I'm I know fucking, where you're going. I'm fucking late as shit right now to the podcast, right? I'm supposed to be here, like, two hours ago. And the oh reason why, God. I didn't even plan on going home after it. work. I plan on just coming straight here. But my car's out of gas. No big deal. I just deposited 400 bucks. I got plenty for gas right now. I budgeted. It was awesome. I went into the bank. I deposited my money with a teller. I get to the pump. My card is declined. Why is it declined? Because my available balance is like 10 bucks. And I was like, well, why is it 10 bucks? I just deposited 400. Because they don't do that with checks. That's going to be till tomorrow. So every fucking gas station I went to, I barely made it home. I barely fucking made it home from work to get another car to come out here. You know, we could always send our friendly neighborhood atheist to come help you push your car. To yep, <laughs> I might have needed here. you today, dude. <laughs> Fuck. So, you could always yeah, they're call assholes. There. But my point was, is um, if you're, like, I remember Kristen, for instance, who used to be on the show, would mention a lot that she agreed with the philosophy of Jesus. Who? Kristen. Kristen Mercer. Who's that? Eric, come on, dude. <laughs> anyway, the point was, the point I was making with this particular one is, you can agree with a philosophy like that and still think he's not, you know, the son of God. I mean, I I, I can't deny that there's some of the things that he or that they wrote about him saying that I did not or liked, you know. But yeah, it's fine. But he also did some other stuff that was pretty dickheadish. Okay. And uh, but so have you. So yeah. <gasps> 
But that's kind of the point. But is the point is, is that he's supposed to be the son of God. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if you're the son of God, you shouldn't be a dickhead. Well, I guess if you're the son of that God, yeah, you are going to be a dickhead because more that than God's that, a dickhead more himself. than that, people are like people on the atheism side are like, he's so self-righteous. And I was like, duh, dude, he's the fucking son of God. Yeah. Why that wouldn't you be self-righteous? I would be the most self-righteous prick ever. Good point. But, you know, uh-huh. he like cured people and stuff. So Apparently. Yeah. Supposedly. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Anywho, that so, uh, your Bible thumpers. Did that kind of take my segment? <laughs> this segment sucks. Did you kind of went on a rant? You got a, you really. got something for really us? Go on a rant, Mr. <laughs> Eric, sir. That was me just dipping my toes a little. I honestly, the when we started coming up with that segment, yeah, uh, I had already brought up like the most primed and perfect verse ever, and it was out of Leviticus about homosexuality because they were doing all the yeah. gay rights stuff yeah. in court. Yep, I remember. And we never got audio, so I never did it. But I had already also done it. <laughs> Jesus so. Christ, I got um, I got a couple quick head stories. I think you guys might find these interesting. The last but first, one. here's Eric with his <laughs> segment. Eric, are you going to do your okay. segment now? I can. I just wanted to sound like a news jackass. Let him do that, and then we'll finish off with, uh, with quick Michael's hits. Michael's quick hits. International quick hits this week. We should call them like <laughs> quick shots so we can take a shot at your dick, you know, that going off what? in six and a half minutes. Yeah. What? D- because it's not the uh, caller, it's the size. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the fuck that was about. Oh, I do. <laughs> you fucking sick prick. Go ahead, Eric. Uh, yeah, so my new segment is Eric Rants About Random Shit. Uh, so today I'm going to rant about uh, DLC, otherwise known as downloadable content. It's for video games. You guys are aware of this? Oh, yes, I am. This can basically count for white people problems. No. no. You don't think so? No. Okay. No. What are you saying? Not. Brothers don't play video games? No, I'm just saying that, that hmm. it's a very petty problem. Hmm. White people complain about it. It's a rant. Games. It's a rant. Okay. Motherfucker, uh, okay, you're okay, interrupting my rant. rant. I'm sorry, I can't <sighs> interrupt your rant. Okay, first and foremost, I'm not completely 100% against DLC. I think it can be a beneficial thing if you are playing a game that you truly enjoy and you got a lot of uh, enjoyment out of it, and then you want to extend that enjoyment in a DLC. I'm completely down with that. That's fine. I did it uh, with uh, Mass Effect um, 2 and 3. Both were extremely long games, uh, had a lot of content in them. I had a ton of fun with them. So I bought pretty much every single DLC that came out with them. Loved the shit out of every single DLC because it just extended that experience. It just made it that much better. Same with Skyrim. Skyrim is another good example. A lot of hours of play. Uh, the DLC is fantastic. It just, it, it just enhanced my experience. However... DLC is becoming a severely chronic problem within the gaming community. Uh, there's two different versions that I like to kind of categorize them in. Um, I like to categorize one into vanity DLC. And for anybody who's played uh, any kind of first-person shooter, third-person shooter, anything like that, um, or even, I think even Mass Effect had some of these too, uh, where you would purchase a DLC and they're not terribly expensive. They'd probably be like five bucks a piece and they'd be little packs and they would give you different character skins or a different camo for your gun or a different uh, little uh, thing in the background for your icon or some stupid shit like that. Uh, essentially stuff that you absolutely positively do not need and definitely something that they could put in the game really relatively cheaply. They just want to make more money off of it mm-hmm. and people buy it. That's one thing that I have a, a serious problem is that people that they see the bullshit, they know exactly they're getting fucking ripped off and they buy it. 
boggles my mind. Now that's because it's a bunch of fucking teenage kids, and it's like, their parents giving them the cash. Like you, you understand that you're going to play this game for a couple months, and you're going to drop it. Mm-hmm. So it's just absolutely wasteful and completely stupid and irrelevant. And then the other DLC is what I like to call the uh, the launch DLC. And that's where you buy a game, uh, and most games are $60 right now. You pop it in, and day one, there's a DLC for about $15 that adds a couple hours of gameplay to your game. On day one, something that they probably easily could have put into the game, or at least had it as a DLC on day one for free, because it was something that they were working on and they were unable to complete by the time that they made it gold and put it on a disc. But they don't. Instead, they put it in a section where it's 15 extra dollars on top of the 60 that you've already put into the game. And it's something that should have been in the game to begin with. And they're just trying to eke out a little bit more money from you. Um, and I have to retract my uh, review of Bioshock Infinite from last week. Or was it last week or two Has weeks it turned ago? into terrible? Uh, no, the game is still a hell of a lot of fun. I uh, enjoyed the crap out of it, but it was extremely short. I beat it in about six hours. Wow, that is kind of short. Which for a $60 game, that's pretty fucking short. On top of that, whenever I put in the game, I remember the first thing I was hit with was buy the season pass now, which uh, anybody who knows about DLC, a season pass is where they have a certain amount of DLCs lined up. And you buy the pass and you get all of the DLCs for a discounted price. And you get them whenever they release. It just automatically downloads. Um, yeah, so they were already hitting me up for that extra money. And I was like, ah, no, I'm not, go- not going to do that because I haven't even played the game. Right. And whenever I... That's a fair choice. Whenever I talked about the game uh, on the podcast, uh, I was probably about like four hours in. And it really was. It was very entertaining and all that stuff. And then... It ended abruptly really fast. And I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Like, that that's it? And mind you, this game has been delayed like over and over and over. And it finally came out. That and doesn't sound like your sex problems at all. It was <laughs> it, it was horribly short. And so... He's going to ignore that. <laughs> what gives them the right? Or I mean, I guess it does give them the right because they own the content. But what makes them think that people are not going to get pissed off when you give them an already short game and then before they even play the fucking thing, you're saying, hey, buy this because it'll give you more content whenever it's released. I don't think people really care. No. That's why. I think think the illusion that you have here is, I know that you care, but most gamers don't give a shit. Most gamers are just fork it up and and, and go about their day. I'll tell you, man. A lot of these games now, I wouldn't even buy them when they first come out. I'd wait about a year after because then you can buy the version that has all the DLC add-ons with it. And you're paying as much as you paid for it originally. And plus you have the extra four or five add-ons to it. Well, it's any a, gamers out there, you rip, need to you fucking know. grow some balls and say no yeah. to the industry. Fucking fight the power, bitches. Because it's bullshit. My, my main problem with the gaming industry in general is that it fucking just it ruins school. <laughs> Every time I fucking play <laughs> a game, I'm just like, eh, fuck going to class. Oh, my God. Well, that, that's your but own self-control problem. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I think that's a lot of gamers' self-control but problem. I just have a serious issue and a problem with a model of a game is is being created with the idea or the perception that they're going to get a lot of their profits off of DLC. Because all that's telling me is that they are going to do whatever they possibly can to shortcut that game to make you buy the DLC. Yes. 
Uh, on that note, though, uh, so for instance, GameStop, here's what I'm going to start doing. GameStop, I'm going to start buying, uh, or I'm going to start selling shirts. I'll just wait. Shirts with little Velcro around. You know, they're going to be sleeveless, and they're going to have mm-hmm. Velcro around it. And then later on, when it starts getting a little bit colder out, I'm going to sell the sleeves with mm-hmm. the Velcro on them for just a little bit more. Not not the kind cost of, of the entire shirt, but just a little bit more. It's a little different, but I get the point. No, it's not. It's so absolutely it's fucking not. It's the same damn thing. It's I mean it's, it's really, but trademark that too. We it's sort selling your sort short selling your customer with the intent of making them pay for more later. Yeah. We could sell ball hammocks like that. Yeah. Like you just basically the, <laughs> d- the DLC, the next product you buy is us just snipping it so you actually have a little We can actually go back and sell a portion later that would actually cover your yeah. penis as well. So it'd be full on you yeah, if you went to dude, the beach dude, or something. Condom traps. Like you just it's like the ball hammock, right? And then it sticks out there and then you, you buy the condom thing that it, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this. Anyway, I don't Please know Please laugh at my dumb, stupid-ass joke. Since we're all over the fucking roadmap with uh, Jesus flipping over tables and fucking DLCs, I might as well just really take us off course. Um, you think we need a cure for the show? Fuck, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> no. So, oh. These will be fast. I think you'll like these. These are a couple international stories. Because like I was telling Eric before the show, you know, always try and pick out a couple things that are local. But, you know, who, who knows? Whenever we get this fucking thing up, someone listens to it. By then, people have probably heard this story. So no one gives a shit about what goes on overseas, let's face it. So I tried to find a couple little nuggets from overseas. I thought these would be interesting. So in, um, in Mali, um, they presented French President Francois Holland a camel after he had um, sent troops and dispatched uh, troops to help the former colony out because evidently they had um, some Al-Qaeda-linked fighters that were moving in from a base from the north causing some issues. So he sent some troops in and cleared them out of there. So the Malian people gave him this camel. Well, unfortunately, he uh, left the camel there in uh, Timbuktu with a family who uh, killed it and ate it. Very sad. They ate his camel. So the uh, local government in Mali said that as soon as they heard of it, they quickly replaced it with a bigger and better-looking camel. Ooh. Yes. So that's important. The new camel will be sent to Paris. We are ashamed of what happened to the camel. <laughs> <laughs> and it was I know, the, and was a present that did not deserve this fate. So it's a very sad story going on over there. And uh, the reason that the president, how he found out, is their defense minister. He's uh, giving uh, President Holland updates regularly on the, uh, the camel. And he was sad to inform him that it had been killed and ate. So that's the kind of shit that's going on over there. What do you think of that? Good? Sure. Okay. I mean. Hey, in Saudi Arabia, this is another one. Let's see what you think about this. You didn't like camel story. I thought that was important. I thought it was, yeah. (laughs) In Saudi Arabia, a man is going to be forcibly paralyzed as a punishment because under Islamic Sharia law, he had uh, 10 years prior stabbed a friend of his in the back, causing him to be um, confined to a wheelchair. His name was Ali al-Kawar. And uh, so anyway, he was they have this thing over there where it's an eye for an eye type punishment. Right. So originally they could do that or they have another thing where if the family of the victim wants to, they can get um, basically what they call bloodlust money. So they said, okay, instead of uh, you getting, you know, them putting you in prison or whatever, 
you could pay us 500000 Of course, he didn't, him and his family didn't have it. So they are already trying to get a doctor who will come in and paralyze this son of a bitch forcibly. Is that not fucked up? Hmm. That's going to happen to you, Boggs. An eye for an eye. Eye for an eye. So that's Sharia law. It says that they have, uh, in the past, they've ordered punishments as uh, such as tooth extraction, flogging, eye gouging. Uh, I don't see anywhere on here where anal rape's involved. So evidently you can rape somebody and they won't do that back to you, though. I guess they can't find anybody that's willing. I think that's also an abomination. Man, I swear to Christ, dude, I hate you right now. <laughs> I'm just staring at Boggs. It, I, nobody could see this. I'm just staring at him. He's not paying any attention. He's just surfing the net. So I'm just watching him the whole time. <laughs> I'm not surfing, dude. I'm looking for stuff. Fucking dicks. And uh, last one I got here. Because we got to take shots at the uh, Catholics as much as possible, right? So the Catholic Church in Australia is one of... Uh, Several institutions the country is now investigating under a royal commission, uh, and they're looking into allegations of, what do you want to guess? Allegations of? What are they investigating? Child molestation. Uh, bingo! Good job. No, that was dick. a good guess. Yeah, was a I didn't even hear what the fuck he asked me. He just looked at me and I said child molestation, <laughs> and it was right. <laughs> it tells you what's on his fucking mind. So, last week... Uh, they were. They started doing this investigation. They said they had at least about five thousand people that have already come forward. Five thousand uh, given evidence to this government-backed inquiry. Uh, Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard. I want to point out Julia Gillard, the Prime Minister, Prime Minister, atheist. Hmm. Pretty awesome, huh? Not going to see that in this no. fucking country. No, nope. She announced a commission back in um, November after several allegations of sexual abuse within the Catholic Church were discovered. They uh, called for the inquiry. Now. The church has come out and said that, you know, it's going to, you know, cooperate fully with the commission and they are going to form a truth, justice and healing council to help the uh, victims of this. Uh, So far, just to kind of give you an idea of the scale they're looking at, they just put the council together and it's already received more than twelve hundred requests or or, uh, allegations against. And they said that they're probably the staff members that they've got work on the case. They're going to have to rotate them in and out um, dealing with the testimony because some of these things are so graphic and harrowing that they don't think it's going to be good for their psyche to hear this. I thought that was a pretty interesting story because the new Pope just came out last week and said that that was like the biggest thing on his agenda was, you know, doing everything they can to crack down on this problem. So that's a, that's good news. Australia's got, see, it's not just LA. We're not the only ones raping the shit out of kids. (laughs) Australia is too. Look at that. 1200 fucking kids already. Well, cases, I should say allegations. Yeah. So that's, yeah, innocent until proven guilty. There you go. So, good for that. Good for Australia with their atheist Where prime minister. anal leakage, there's something. I'm trying to equate, like, Shit. where there's smoke, there's fire. <laughs> where, there's, where there's blood <laughs> dripping out of an anus. There's a <laughs> Catholic <laughs> cock somewhere. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> covered in blood and feces. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There we shame. go. There it is. Blood feces in the shame of four-year-olds. <laughs> 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 I just said. Wow. This is a really twisted. Okay, show. so listen, you can hate me for that joke too. It's all right. It's enough, totally of, enough of that bullshit. Let's get this motherfucker going. <laughs> what are we so talking about today? Why well, talking about pharma? Big pharma and vaccinations, and Boggs is going to start us out because he has to have a ton because the son of a bitch has been ignoring everything me and Eric have said the whole time because he's been over At there. Correction, the just you. Yeah. But it's yeah, he was pretty engaged in mine. Yeah, yeah fuck was. you guys. 
But see, the only reason I wasn't for you is because the topic was approaching, so I was crunching it <laughs> as much as possible. All right, I actually man, have a trivia. Since you did research, Eric, who was the first person to come up with the vaccine that has been credited in the Western world? Yo mama. Edward Jenner. Yes. Thank you. Okay, that's all I had, really. He's a doctor living in Berkeley. Isn't he the one married to the Kardashians' mom? No, no. that's... No. No. No, he was the guy that did... Uh, it was about smallpox. That was what his... Yep. Mike, you suck. You what year you did suck. you do that in? Uh, let's see. 1796. <laughs> <laughs> oh, How did he do it? Come on, let's go. Uh, is he the one who... Did he took pus from cowpox lesions on a milkmaid's hand. And mm. then inoculated an eight-year-old boy with it, just like those Catholics are doing oh, in Australia. Yeah, that was kind of a six weeks later. That's Jenner, unethical, by the way. Um, inoculating that, eight-year-old boys. Yeah, dude, that's that's really unethical because he didn't know if this was going to work or not. You realize this he was in, in seventeen ninety-six. He infected two sites on yes. the boy's arm with smallpox, and the boy. This was uh, six weeks later, and the boy was unaffected by it. So, what do you think of that? As well as that's other subsequent exposures. I mean, if anybody doesn't know, a, a vaccine is basically just the virus itself that's been broken or beaten or killed a little, so your body recognizes it, so it makes its own antibodies. Essentially, it's an old form of disease. Yeah. Uh, this is actually a great quote for this, too. It's from Francis Galton. It says, in science, credit goes to the man who convinces the world, not the man whom the idea first occurs. Yeah. Uh, the reason why they say that is because uh, for this particular one, uh, like smallpox, for instance, like... The Chinese had started doing stuff like this, like fucking way before he did. But he is the first person to have introduced this to the Western world and had it, you know, see success. It's fascinating. It is fascinating. <laughs> Actually, I was going to give you the timeline of that, too. Please do. Yeah. This is like early 1000, like early Chinese inoculation. They would do that kind of thing. They were fucking weird with that, though, because there's like a picture on here, like whooping cough epidemic in like Paris, 1578. Um where they'd start doing that kind of stuff. Smallpox epidemic in India, 1545. Again, they would try to do the same thing. And then you can go up to, like, fucking... This little timeline that I have here, this is from historyofvaccines.org. But they'll have stuff from, like, 2010. This is the weirdest timeline ever, though, because they'll be like... I, they'll be like four, this is the April 14, 2010. Volcanic eruption delays polio vaccination. Like, we still have to fucking do with polio? Oh, yeah, they still produce the polio vaccination, for sure. You still have to get that. Yeah, we still, to this day, do they that. Don't, they never take away vaccinations. They just keep adding, adding to on them. to them. Yeah, that's fair, man. Well, it's not like they eradicated it, really. It's kind of like eradicating the cold. But anyway, the point I was going to make is, uh, from what I've seen and from what I've researched, uh, vaccines aren't really bad. It's just a matter of, you know, like a pharmaceutical company trying to make money with it. And this is something we've said even in our health uh, our health insurance episode is I'm, I'm not comfortable with the idea that we put a price tag on this kind of shit and we don't make it 100% about the science of handling a vaccine. Mm. I think that's when you see a lot of corruption. So I kind of disagree about the vaccinations. I think that we've gone way overboard with them. I mean, if you look when they first started, like in the 40s, you had like four vaccinations that you got. Nowadays, um, a kid... I mean, you should know this. You have a small child as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, up until the age of six, they'll get up to 49 doses of vaccinations. Mm-hmm. That's insane. You know, that's, I mean, that's twice as much as I got, you know. I mean, I'm not super old. I mean, I'm going to turn 39 here in another week or so. And, 
I mean, think about that. In a 30-year span, they've doubled the amount of vaccinations, and they keep adding to them. Like, uh, I know we talked about before off air and stuff about the whole Gardasil now with the HPV vaccine, and then they have another one, Prevar, which is telling Eric, you know, I took my kid in for his doctor visit, his checkup the other day, and they're like, oh, you know, he's good on his vaccinations and stuff, but we have this Prevar vaccine, which is for meningitis and something else, and they're trying to push that on the kids now, like, oh, well, you know, we usually would only give this to kids up until the age of six, but, you know, and the initial one only had like seven strains that it took care of, and now they have the new and improved one that's good for like 13 different strains, and, you know, we want kids up to 18 to take it. It's like, no shit, because they're making a fortune off of it. Well, there's a lot wrong with... Uh, okay, like, for instance, like, you know, why do you think you have a flu shot every year? Like, why is there a flu vaccination? Flu's bullshit. I think the flu shot's bullshit. It's an RNA virus, dude. It mutates every year. That's what I'm saying. They, it's guesswork. They don't know what strain it's going to be. They look at China, and they see what hits over there, and they'll try and take it and figure out, oh, how is it going to mutate before it hits over here? And then they try and basically they go through all this different mumbo jumbo to figure out okay well these are the strains that it could possibly be and then they try and jam them in there and give it to you it's a it's a crap shoot i mean i've got the flu shot before and i get the flu i have not had the flu shot and i haven't got the flu i mean it's 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 i mean i get it's like uh, there's a percentage like it'll help you out but i think it's bullshit and then you look at the stuff that's in some of these vaccinations that they use for like adjuvants and stuff well i think first uh, we need to go a little bit back into origin stuff because uh, first and foremost, I think stuff like the flu virus, it's not meant for people like us no, who are pretty. It's meant for elderly, and well children. and healthy individuals with, uh, you know, OK diets. <laughs> eh. uh, yeah, but but they most want of it's used to get for. It yeah, they want everybody to get it because it maximizes the uh, amount it's of called money. A, that they it's make a positive it. third person benefit. Not only that, because you won't spread it. Mm-hmm. All right, so getting back into the origin a little bit, uh, the reason why a lot of these vaccinations were created was because of infant mortality rates. Um, and about a century ago, uh, infant mortality rate was about 20%. And then the childhood mortality rate, uh, that's uh, before the age of five, was also 20%. So you had a pretty decent chunk of uh, children under the age of five that were dying and then a lot of infants as well that were dying uh from these serious illnesses and i mean they were everything from measles smallpox uh polio uh you had all kinds of different other uh viruses and diseases and stuff that were rampant and so whenever uh it became a little bit more popular there were actually a lot of protests in the early days of vaccinations um 1830s there was a lot of uh, protest in the United States and Europe um, saying that the, va- the vaccinations were um, too much and we didn't need them and uh, that they were, uh, I'm sorry, that they were an intrusion of their privacy and bodily integrity. Um, and they went uh, with direct government assaults uh, on their, or they said that it was direct government assaults on their communities by the ruling class. Um, in addition, uh, that's by weird because smallpox affected every class. Yeah. By the mid 18th century, a rise of irregular medicine and abashed and quackery encouraged uh, anti vaccinationists to uh, protest a little bit more. So there's ac- actually a history of vaccination protests as well as 
the uh, the benefits of the vaccinations themselves. Um, when it comes to the flu virus, if you look at uh, what the CDC has put out, um, up until 2003, they said that children under five, that the flu virus is unsafe. And if you look at the statistics, um, uh, in 2002 to 2003, there were 29 deaths uh, from infants. This is in the United States. And then after that year, 2003, 2004, the year that they said that it was okay for children uh, as far as uh, age six months to five years could get uh, the influenza vaccination, it jumped to 153 deaths. Hmm, that seemed to work out pretty well. <laughs> and then from there, coinciding years, 47 deaths, 46 deaths, 68 deaths, 88 deaths, 133 deaths, 282 2009, 2010, and then 115. So really hasn't done that much to help at all. And in fact, if you go back a little bit further, it seems to have uh, definitely increased uh, the infant mortality rate. Because in 1999 to 2000, it was 36. The next year, 30. The next year, 25. So, and then you look at the coinciding years and there's nothing below 40. So that didn't really work. CDC kind of flubbed there. <laughs> uh, how much of that was uh, due to the fact that people were giving their children vaccinated influenza? I'm not 100% sure. That's but a hard correlation to make. The other thing to consider is has our population changed since then? Yeah, but you're talking about from 2002 to 2003, you're looking at a 427% increase. Okay. You're telling me that our population increased 427% in one year? Why does no. everything have to correlate exactly like that? <coughs> I'm well, just I saying. think if you're going to make a comparison, I mean, you want yeah, it to be, you know, you want apples, you want apples, apples not apples. You want it as close as possible. And, like, how? what was the, like, there's a lot of things you could look at there. Like, uh, what was the increase in people actually getting the vi uh, the vaccine? Because this is like, only children, by the way. Yeah, I know. Like, if, if you have, like, a, and this is the thing about that industry is, you know, what they'll tell you is, like, if you go to the doctor or whatever, it's, like, a very nonchalant type approach to you. They're like, okay, well, she needs to get these vaccinations done, and it's, like, a really quick process where you do all that kind of shit. But um, think about, like, the increase in the amount of people actually getting the virus, the, the vaccination, too. Because this, you know, that's something to consider is when you get a, a vaccination, you're risking the virus infecting you. That is a known risk, hopefully, not at just this point. Well, not just going with the flu, but you're talking about taking the kids to the doctor. Why right off the bat, when they get these vaccinations, they don't take into account, you know, every kid's different. Their makeup, you don't test the kids to see, like, I mean, they give them all the same dosage, you know, no matter how large the kids are or how small they are. Um, you'll give them multiple vaccinations at a time. I mean, I know, like, the first time I took my kid and get a vaccination, they gave him, like, six shots. You know, and they can give, according to the CDC, they can give up to 13 shots at one time. You think about how many doses that is. Vaccinations are drugs. So think about if you just pop 13 different kinds of drugs, you don't think there's going to be side effects of that? And then you're giving these kids that many vaccinations. And like I said, each one of them has things in them. They have their adjuvants or something to kickstart the things, which in a lot of cases they use thimerosal, which is mercury. Mercury. Yep. Or they have aluminum. I mean, all things that... I mean, are proven scientifically that could cause issues with brain development. I mean, that's a fact. You know, so you're pumping these kids, and like I said, every kid's makeup's different. They haven't done testing on 
you know, what it is if you give them all these multiple concoctions of uh, drugs and stuff, what the effects could be. They haven't done that. And like I said, you know, you just look at the amount of uh, vaccinations the kids get, you know, like I said, in a 30-year span, it's doubled, you know. And like I said, what is it, 49, sh- you know, different doses by the time they're six years old. And most of those come in the first two years. And uh, like you brought the point on mortality and stuff. I had some numbers here where it showed that uh, they did the study on this uh, through numbers through the CDC and uh, internationally. They compared to countries. Um, in America, babies will get 26 vaccination doses before the age of one. That's twice as many vaccinations as given to babies in uh, Sweden and Japan. And their infant mortality rate is half of what America's is. Right. I mean, it's, I know it's kind of coincidental. Like you could just say, oh, that's it. Just like saying that, you know, oh, if you give all these shots to kids, they're going to get autism. I mean, there's not, there's studies on both sides, you know, and none of them are really conclusive. So you can't really go out and say, well, this is definitely going to happen for it. But, and a lot of times, you know, you say, oh, and I believe that the vaccinations, a lot of them are good. I think now, though, the pharmaceutical companies last year made, or this year they're projected to make almost $40 billion in profits on vaccinations. Hey, uh, how, uh, for Japan, how they were half of U.S.? Because yeah. they're also half our population as of 2011. It, it's on no, a, it's, it's a relative per- to population. Yeah, it's, it's a, a percentage-based. Okay. Cool. Like they do like 100,000 per 100,000. Yeah, not, not number-wise. Okay. <laughs> same thing. I was, I was about making sure. Yeah, I mean, um, same thing with Sweden. Like I mean, one, 18, one, let's see, they're at 127 million, so. Cool. I'm going to kill if you. It, if it's percentile-based, that's correct. No, it, they do. That's the way they did the, the measure on that's it. That's the way so they should. Just like when Eric was saying, it went up 400% jerk. It's, <laughs> it's population-based. But no, it's, uh, so, I mean, that's the thing. It's like you, you see this, and then, like I said, all the uh, the original vaccinations, like polio, smallpox, those are necessary. But now it's such a big profit motive for them. Uh, back in 2004, the pharmaceutical companies were making, I think, I think I read it as $4 billion of profits that they made off vaccinations. So a lot of the companies weren't really doing the vaccinations anymore. And then uh, they started some, I can't remember which one broke through, that they started really making a lot of profit off of and stuff. And then, no, and it just started, you know, rolling downhill. Everybody just started jumping on that bandwagon, producing more and more vaccinations. And like I said, now you've seen the number more than double that they get, and their profits are up to $40 billion, you know, just on vaccinations. See, this is kind of what I'm saying. Like, for instance, like them adding mercury to that. It's a moneymaker. That's what it is. Them adding mercury to that, that's not really what a virus should have in it anyway. I mean, for the most part. Well, it's a catalyst, so to speak. It's something that's supposed to start it. Yeah. You don't need it, though. It's not a necessary. No, there's thing. other things they can use. Exactly, but that oh, is yeah. it's cheaper. Cheaper. That's my problem with what. But see, that's why, like, well, like I've said before, like I fucking hate the idea that we've let companies run our health. Well, I've got a little counter argument to that, but I'll let you continue. Oh no, go ahead. Well, I was kind of doing a little bit of thinking about uh, big pharma and you know th- their profit margins on vaccinations and. Yeah, they definitely certainly do have a profit margin. But when it comes to some of the big vaccinations, when it comes to polio, uh, the measles, smallpox, and other things like that that have been around for a long time, there's really not a lot of money to be had in those because it's so cheaply and readily available. They make so much of it that they don't really make a whole lot of profits. And on top of that, uh, governments kind of 
say, look, give it to us for this cost or else we're going to, you know, strip you of your licenses or whatever. So they're kind of forced into uh, giving it for super cheap. So there's not a whole lot of profit to be done. Now, with that said, I also think that they do make a lot of profits on these extra ones that they're tacking on and this other legislation that they've been adding on as well and trying to get these politicians, well, we'll give it to you at a cheap price if you put this into your legislation in your next bill or whatever. And then also on top of that, I, in this might be conspiracy theory hour with Eric Jones, uh, but <laughs> yep, I am also thinking that they might secretly be funding the anti-vaccination campaigns as well. Hear me out. Because if they're able to get enough people riled up to say, hey, it's going to give our kids autism, it's uh, destroying their health, it's doing this, it's doing that. And a lot of the, you know, I mean, moms and just parents in general they're going to be extremely worried about anything and everything that's put into their kids so they're going to be very suspicious and they're gonna you know fight back if they feel that it's hurting or damaging their kid it makes total rational sense that's what any parent would do unless you're a piece of shit um so they're able to get these people on this this bandwagon this campaign and it seems completely legit and then they're able to create legislation to where they can start tacking off some of the cheaper vaccinations like ones for polio. Let's see the profit margin for uh, big pharma with a polio vaccination is around like 10 to eight cents. Mind you, a lot of these patents have run out and they can't patent them. So they don't make money on the patent either. That's another reason why big pharma wants to get rid of some vaccinations. You know, what's funny about on that? top of that, if you have a, uh, uh, I'm sorry. Shit. Lost my train of thought. <laughs> Screw uh, me up, Boggs. Yeah. Um, if you get polio, you new medicines have come out for polio, and they're extremely expensive. So you have the polio shot, which they get around 8 to 10 cents of profit off of. Or you can contract polio, and then you had to spend roughly around $500 a week in the new medication that they have for polio. Huh? What are they going to be more inclined to want to give their customers? Yeah, you want to hear a something tells me it's going to be the five hundred dollars a week. You want to hear a little article about uh, from the Economist? Nah, not really. So anyway, now go ahead. <laughs> this is about vaccine. Uh, That's my conspiracy this theory. This is this is my problem with, with what we're one. discussing here. Uh, it's talking about the idea that like for a long time, they didn't really make a lot of investment towards this because. Uh, uh, vaccines had abysmal profit margins. That's the exact word it uses. They did. Is abysmal. Uh, here's what it says. And some of them still do. Yeah, some of them do. But here it says global vaccine sales vaulted from 8.9 billion in 2005 to 22.2 billion last year. That's what I was saying. In 2004, that's when they were kind of at their doldrums. And then yeah. they started figuring out, hey, man, we can make some money on this. And then that's now look at where they're at. 8 billion to 22. Yep. Well, Last year is a little bit over that. They said that this year they're projecting it to be about well, 39. Are you sure that doesn't have to do with how many people we have on the earth now? Yeah, that's why, because we've added more Population people. Growth. <laughs> you know what that, you know why that's... You have to be specific, <laughs> and you have to take into consideration oh, things that you're correlating. <laughs> well, you know what that is? That's adding, like I was talking about, like I went to take my kid, and they tried to push that Prevar. I think it's Prevar. It's, it's very similar to that. And then I the, think that's what it is. The HPV vaccine but is I'm another one. right now. You know, there are a lot of these states are trying to push Dude, that HPV that on everybody. Fucking, oh, 
That's a bad one. And I'll say this for people, of course, we don't have to go over this every time. You know, we're Texans here, but our governor, Rick Perry, really pushed that. He actually ramrodded that through to try and make it where all the kids here had to get the HPV vaccine. And really what that came down to is his chief of staff was uh, an ex um, kind of behind the scenes lobbyist guy for Merck, who amazingly enough, they're the ones that produce it. And of course, there's a big shit storm about that here. So they've changed this. So now it's, you know, it's not you don't have to get it, you know, you can opt out of it. So they changed the language up on that, but they tried to force that. And I know other states have, have put it on the books where it's a forced thing now. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. They get the government in their pockets, which you guys kind of want to go into the government aspect of it a little bit, or do you want to Yeah, we can. get anything else? Boggs, their phone man, you dick. <laughs> so, the fuck, dude? I'm just fucking with you. Boggs uh, is not in the, his head's not in the game, so he just doesn't care about the listeners. That's not really true, dude. That's not true at all. No, I think like <laughs> in terms oh of man, uh, not true. In terms of everything else that I wanted to say, we pretty much already covered it. Like a lot of the like big drug companies and stuff. Actually, I'm I'm kind of waiting until we get to like medication more than vaccines. Okay, I'll get a little bit to that here in a sec. Um, just kind of profit margins, and we were talking about that earlier. Um, last year on prescription drugs, we'll kind of get more into prescription drug stuff because that's more the big influence when it comes to government stuff. Um, they made pharmaceutical companies made 110 billion last year on medical devices. They made over 350 billion. And the thing is with, um, like big pharma and the government, you know, we always talk about like the oil companies. I mean, they have their hands in the pockets and usually it's more on Republicans. They just throw, you know, tens of millions of dollars at them for campaigns and, and you got the labor unions on the democratic side. Well, the good thing with pharma is they're smarter than that. They don't really throw a lot of money at the politicians when they're running. They wait till they get in office and they get established on the, you know, and the, the I guess like the committees and stuff that they know that they need to be able to get their stuff through. And then they throw a ton of money. I'm so like uh, back in 2010 when the Democrats won the House, a pharmaceutical company gave 54% of their money to the Democrats. And then in 2012, when the Republicans took over, that money flipped and went about 55% to the Republicans. So they know what they're doing. They play the sides really well. And another thing they do is, um, besides just spending on that, of course, is lobbyists. And I mean, that's Fuck what the, them. That's, that's the big one. I mean, that's in all companies. But on LARP, uh, for the lobbyists, check this out. They spent more than $700 million last year lobbying. I mean, seven hundred million. <laughs> that, but they have to see profit off that. That's the oh thing yeah, that's more yeah. Oh they, oh they do. I know that's do. the staggering thing to me. Here's the number that'll blow your mind though: seven hundred million. That's seventy five percent more than the oil companies spent on Damn. lobbying. So Holy that shit. that shows you the power of the pharmaceutical companies. I mean, they are by far the biggest um, lobbyists and. You know, like I said, they're smarter about it than like the oil company. The oil companies just throw all their money at like one of you know the Republicans and like, yeah, here you go, help us out as much as you can. They wait till they get the people in there, then they go and get them. And their second phase is they do what they kind of call a uh, revolving door thing. And this started. We've talked about this before with yeah. the, in the FDA with Monsanto and stuff. You got it in the CDC as well. It, exactly, CDC, FDA really works. Or you know, they get their people in and they started this thing called the Food and Drug Administration Alumni Association. And it was formed back in 2001. And uh, all it is, is it's an office where they try to get, you know, official like industry people into the government. And uh, it's funny on their site, they say their main goal 
on this is on their website. It says, quote, to assist the FDA in recruiting alumni with specialized expertise and in institutional knowledge during critical situations. So basically, they're just saying, hey, we want to make sure that the FDA is consulting our members uh, during their drug and device approval testing. So we have the final say in it. Yeah. And it works. And and they work a lot the same way that the FDA does with uh, the food companies, like we were talking about with the Monsanto and stuff. They rely on the companies themselves to provide the scientific research. And there's a lot of fibbing. There's a lot of research that has been forged. And uh, there's a lot of just... And some research has been done that shows a negative towards a drug or a certain vaccination. And it just doesn't see the light of day in the CDC at all. Like, they don't even show it to them. By That's the way, what on the note of uh, prescription drugs, profit margins, mm-hmm. uh, if you go to The Hill, it's a news organization, mm-hmm. uh, they have an article yeah, up right now about the Affordable Care Act. The Affordable Care Act actually has, I didn't realize this either because we'd looked at that before, but I saw like big, like four big things, but they, I didn't realize that they were actually capping prescription drug profits. Hmm. Yeah, and also with um, insurance companies. That's going to get shot down, but no, I mean, still. <laughs> this yeah. is a little bit off <laughs> topic. A, a little bit off topic, but uh, another thing with that is when insurance companies, you know how they spend so much money on overhead, there's a there's a cap on that. Like when you pay you pay your $5,000 into your insurance during the course of the year, if only, you know, 3000 of it's used toward overhead, then they have to pay a percentage back to you as a rebate. So that's kind yeah. of a nice thing, and too. Frankly, that's so needed. Like, wh- this is what it says in the article. Like, this is a... Uh, a guy, a named guy, actually. Uh, but he said, what will fall into quality care and what will fall into expenses and overhead is very important. There is substantial room for difference of opinion. <laughs> what? There's room for difference of opinion in what is care and what is <laughs> overhead? Substantial yeah. room. Substantial. Don't forget that. So, yeah, they're fucking awesome. That's the thing that I love about this is, it, like, all they need is somebody who disagrees with that say something that has big words like substantial and difference. You know what I'm saying? And yep. all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, maybe this article doesn't hold weight. <laughs> okay. But, um, like... Fucking it, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but like Eric was saying with them, you know, we we're talking about the having their, you know, hands in the pockets of everything and the FDA getting to run everything. It's like um, under the Bush administration, you always hear one of the things that caused such a large death force is that Medicare Part D, which is a drug program. And the FDA... FDA you know, had a big saying that, which meant the pharmaceutical companies wrote that. And basically, you know, it took away all the the power bargaining with, like, we couldn't take drugs from Canada and the government couldn't bargain with the drug companies because they wrote those bills, yeah. you know, so they yeah. just gave them a chance to maximize profit. And one thing that showed that, as you know, we were talking about they made that alumni association to get their people in. And they said under the Bush White House, you know, they had at least 30 members of the uh, Bush administration, including FDA officials, came directly from the pharmaceutical industry. And that's where their career stayed until they left office and they went right back into them. And it's no different under Obama. Same thing. I mean, I'm not going to kiss his ass. He's just as wrong as the rest of them. So that's where a lot of that goes. And then the next thing that they are really good at is um, because of all the money and the insiders in Washington, you know, the drug industry basically running it. Uh, one of the, They're one of the few industries in the country that gets away with uh Price gouging. That's what we were talking about. You know, the, you're talking about them running up drugs on pharmaceuticals, right? Or just regular your pills, your fun time pills. Here's a little bit of a stat for that. Um, Americans, of course, pay higher drug prices than any other country. Imagine yep. that. Yeah. No, no fucking doubt there. Um, here's an example. Lipitor cost, uh, which is a cholesterol medicine, cost $5.80 to produce. 
An American pays $272 for it. It's a 500% markup. Celebrex is a 2,000% markup. Prozac, 20,000% markup from what the actual cost is to make it. And, you know, they always talk about, well, we have to charge so much because of R&D cost. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, Viox, it costs almost a billion dollars to do the R&D to do that. You're like, that's a ton. That's a fucking lot of money. I mean, you spend a billion dollars to produce a fucking medication. The first year it was out, they made profit of $2.5 billion Merck did on that. But yet they have continued to price it the same since. And this was in 2003. Well, I mean, honestly, how else are you going to pay for the advertising? How else are you going to pay doctors to constantly try and prescribe those drugs to their patients? How the and fuck else are you going to pay your goddamn are you lobbyists? Are you going to pay your lobbyists? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, no, because the lobbyists don't spend seven hundred million on lobbyists. Oh, that's all. Yeah. So they, they've paid for their R and D and the lobbyists, and they still had money left over. So <laughs> you know the real crime. Shame, is? shame. Whoever used that had to use that by making themselves much poorer. <laughs> That's ridiculous. You know, but then, yeah, they always put out the thing, well, we're doing good. You know, we're putting out drugs that prolong people's lives Actually, and save people's lives. It's one like, of the things that yeah, I remember from what college, cost? one of the things I remember from college had something to do with pharmaceuticals. It was one of their guys that uh, they were in front of a, how, no, it was the Senate. I think they were in front of the Senate. But one of the senators, I can't remember who it was, some dude from Massachusetts, some douchebag, that was a joke. Anyway, so uh, they're does, asking does if they're like, we have, we, ooh, man, that's not what I meant by Massachusetts. Um, yes. So anyway, he was asking them, so your company is making 18% profit margins on the books, 18%, and you're doing it in hu- like just huge chunks. And he's like, well, I don't really know what you're talking about because our books indicate that we have 11% economic profit. Do you know what economic profit is? Because neither did this senator. I don't he know. He had no fucking clue, and it pissed me off. So just Plain to let you know, me. economic profit is not an accounting profit. It's not you making money. It's how w- much more better off you are than the rest of the country. So the guy basically just lied to a senator saying, well, you're wrong. Our stats only indicate we're making 11% economic profit. That word economic went over his head. He was like, huh, maybe we have our stats wrong. He actually like shut up. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? That means that <laughs> that means that means they're 11% better off than the rest of the goddamn country. Yeah. Your economic profit per person should be zero. You should, ha- should be, right? That's a normative statement. You should be, if you like, uh, the whole point that they made is like, if you were fired and switched industries, or if you just didn't like your job and switched industries, if you eventually switched, assuming that it, you had the same level of skill that you have now, like if you're an accountant, you go and do like, you know, business admin or whatever, you should make the same amount of money you're making now. So if you could go do something else that's better than what you have, you have an economic profit. That's what you're actually after, right? See yeah. what I'm saying? So like if you switch industries of like if the economic profit between like corn sellers, right, people who are selling corn on the market, it should be zero from person to person because you're just in that same market. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? So I if you have you. an economic profit, it's showing you how much better off you are from everyone else. So and that's uh, it's great it's a great thing to have until you monopolize something in light of a fucking senator which is what this guy did wouldn't be the first time somebody lied to a senator it wouldn't be the first time that a senator didn't know what the fuck he was talking about that's the like 
Uh, if you ever watched, uh, have you all seen Religious? Mm-hmm. Yes, and you brought one it up like five times in the podcast. Of my, one of the fucking greatest things I've ever heard. Oh, he's like, say. you don't need an IQ test to be a senator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't need to have a career or a, a college degree to be a senator. It's like, oh god, fucking stop admitting that shit. It's true though. <laughs> it is true. You it's just have to have a, a, a good face, and you got to be able to. You have to have a connection yourself. with somebody who's who gives you a lot of money. You just got to have and those. Yeah, uh, you have to be willing to be a whore for anybody. Have well, those pharmaceutical companies and then moral companies back, and you know with those big bucks. That's why. That's By why the way, I did see a movie uh, the other day. Um, Man of the Year. No, it was a comedy. Uh, but it actually did have a lot of stuff in it that was kind of funny because it, it was like satirically saying, you know, going over stuff that was true. It's called The Campaign. You guys heard of it? I've heard of it. I've never saw it. It's got Will Ferrell and yes. Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, and they're in it. a uh, campaign to run for uh, senator. And oh, it, yeah. They you. do have stuff like that. They have, these two, they have these two brothers that are, uh, I can't remember what the hell they're called in the movie, but it's pretty much like the Koch brothers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And their guys like going down, so they devise this plan to bring in another guy and try and uh, you know throw him a whole lot of money. So then he does what they want to do. <laughs> Did you ever see Man of the Year? No. Just fucking ruined my story. Yes, I did. You're welcome. It's very similar to that though, because it's um, it's Robin Williams. Mm. And he's I'm already a, out. I know whatever, dude. This is great. <laughs> no, he's a. Uh, He's a uh, uh, comedian, like a late night comedian. He runs for office. And the whole point is he gets the office because they go to a new voting system that's all digital. And it it rearranges votes based on alphabet. And he's the highest alphabet. So he ends up winning. But when he gets there, he's like, the whole reason that my campaign was so cheap and was so under the radar for most people is that I don't owe anyone anything now that I'm here. And that was kind of my point. Is for you know most politicians and like that whole thing like oh you don't need an education or you don't need to be smart to be here, no you just have to have a lot of money you just have to have a lot of money thrown at you. Yep. And that's why God I really don't like you. what. I hate you, Michael. <laughs> I'm not gonna make my point now. Fuck <laughs> it. <sighs> I don't even know. We can't end the show right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't have a guitar, so he can't really like go out an outro song. We can go acapella. We it's can go acapella. Some, har- some harmonies. Uh, depends what we're singing. Yeah, what song are we, we gonna do? Got to do a song I know, man. Um, I just wanna tell you how I'm feeling. God damn, I don't even know the lyrics of that, even though we just son did of a it. bitch. Um, never gonna give you up. Never gonna let you down. Yeah, I, that's about all I know is that part. Just just do your 80s scream thing. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, to sum it up, uh, some vaccinations good, some overkill. Uh, pharmaceutical companies, evil. Um, is that about it? That's pretty much it, right? Greedy. Greedy fucking Maybe bastards. Maybe evil, but greedy as I fuck. I think they're kind of evil. Yeah, I think they're kind of evil too. Hey, man, look, some vaccinations are good. There's no doubt about it. But let's face it, if you look at facts... Like hygiene, sterilization of equipment and shit like that. People actually like, you know, washing their hands before they ate, stuff like that. That pretty much cut down on about half of fucking disease and stuff being spread right there. I would agree that hygiene is important. That was also, oh, damn it. We need to go over this at some point too. uh, But antibiotic soap is one of the biggest lies America has ever been told. I got to start using that to whack off then. Dude, that, I'm that, just burns, <laughs> that burns like a motherfucker. I've never used it. No, I know, but evidently someone has tried it. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't work because it burns my penis. 
It doesn't work because uh, it takes like two minutes at a certain water temperature, which is really hot, by the way. And you have to like, you know, keep it on for fucking two minutes. So is Purell no good either? Is that the, like the alcohol swabs? Yeah. Like, no, you know, alcohol the, works. The, the alcohol, alcohol lotion. Alcohol, you leave shit. it on. Okay. Alcohol that's left on your hand, what do you think it does? It dries up, but it kills anything right that's on your do. hand. All right. right? Uh, most of the soap that you use, you have to sit there for two minutes. Who really does that? Although I do have one question. How the fuck can they really seriously say that it kills 99.9%? I mean, how do you get that? And really, why can't it kill 100%? Why can't it get that fucking 0.1%? Because there's always going to be bacteria. Like yeah, even if no you, way that you could take a steak it. and you make it in a fucking jerky before your eyes, there's still going to be some bacteria I'm just in saying, that steak. Ninety nine point nine. I want them to prove it. I think there's also a statistical probability. It's proof. It's on TV. It says it on you the bottle. I've ever heard them say stuff like, "Oh man, the these particular viruses are like, for instance, flu. Right? We have to continuously try to beat that because they start beating soaps. Like that's the thing. And here's why they start beating soaps." When you wash your hands, if you just like leave it on for like 20 seconds and then rinse it off, the bacteria that's on your hand goes, fuck that hurt. How the fuck do I not hurt like that again? And then they start developing ways to beat soaps because you're not killing them all. Dude, did you feel that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that kind of sucked. Hey, let's send everybody out on a good statistic. Dude, let's build a fort. <laughs> <laughs> Think of a song. Get ready to start singing some fucking acapella for us. We can oh. do like, uh, what the fuck is that? Uh, that I can do seal an original. song from the Batman. Don't do original. Do something we know. Michael has a small penis. You wouldn't know. I would know because Blood he of the Rose. Is that what it's me. called? Huh? What? Blood yeah. of the Rose? That really talking about horrible. A no. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. No, no, no. What the hell is that? That seal song from the Batman movie. You know what I'm talking about, right? That one that was like extremely popular. Jesus Christ. I know what you're talking about. I'm probably dating myself, but uh, that was a little bit before my time. I know what he's saying. All right, I'll give this is final fun fact before we devolve <laughs> into musical chaos or some shit. I don't know. Um, just because I like to leave everybody on a good note. I mean, sure. I know the singing will pick Rose them up. Rose in the Grave, that's what it was. There we go. I guess. I, guess, I don't remember. Between 2005 and 2009... Uh, all of the 113 FDA-approved medical devices... Oh, kiss from a rose. God damn it. I, I was going to say, it sound, <laughs> the rose was right. I didn't think that was the whatever the fuck you said there a second ago. But uh, uh, 113 FDA-approved medical devices... Like, you know, they make things for, like, hip implants and shit like that. It doesn't matter. But any of that kind of stuff. Medical devices. Uh, all of them were approved without a single agency test. And reports also show that prescription drugs are tested with either inadequate or virtually non-existent in many instances. Uh, but our healthcare system here is better so than Canada, Spain, French. So go do England, some drugs, kids. They're, Swain, they're good for you. It's not coincidental that I don't have any medical insurance. <laughs> and as always, and obviously by the gaps in my teeth, I don't have dental neither. As always, we give you <laughs> half of the information and my company half of the facts. Buy it anyway. Go figure the rest out for your fucking selves. We love you. Box, um, sing us out. Do a theme song or something. Do like a TV theme song or something fun. It's a small world after no. all. Damn you. No. God damn you. I see a horror. I don't remember that one either. What? Circle of life. <laughs> no, no, no. Why are you going Disney on us? What the fuck? Dude, whatever. That was Elton John. Uh, dude. Yeah, that happened to be in a Disney song. In a song. Disney fucking movie. It's, that's irrelevant. No, but it's also completely cool. relevant. Now the there world is not a fucking thing wrong with going Disney. Okay, I'll do a show tune for you. Okay, do a show tune for I'm us. I'm not really gonna do a show tune for you. Sorry. God damn it. 
I know you know some. Not really, no, not really. I bet you fucking do. I, uh, I, at one point, I was doing a musical for my school, and my band director pissed me off, so I quit. That's my whole story. Cool story, bro. <laughs> it was a cool story. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was a douche. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why? <laughs> All right, we're going to make Eric work. He'll just have to put a fucking song on the end God of this bit. damn it. No, I won't. I'm just hey, going to upload it. Li- it's right. not a big deal that we don't have a freaking musical outro. Guy. I don't know. It's just fun. It's fun when you play, but since you ruined the whole fucking show for us. Yeah, I ruined the show. With no outro. Everybody wants to hear a fucking bog sing. That's all I hear. Everybody fucking tweets me. I want more bog We can do the singing. chorus of Blood of a Rose. What, tell us how it goes, and then we'll do it. He knows what it is. <laughs> not, not really, no. Not I, I told you. Rose. Blood of the Rose. Oh, we're talking about the deer hunter? Yeah. Is it, now by course, are you talking about the end part where he starts going like... Uh, the world burns, but still we breathe. Yeah, that one. Yeah. The iron chains that something or not. The iron chambered heart, I think is what he says. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That part is badass, <laughs> though, to be fair. That's that part is really it's good. through honest elegance. And surfaced and from the suffers wrong. from the wrong defense. Oh, whatever. Surfaced, yeah. surf, suffers, whatever. You're a big fan, I can tell. It's hard to hear him on that part. When are we going to get these guys on the show? <laughs> if they'll fucking do it, I'll Probably definitely never. do it. Probably never. But every time we've ever talked to them, they're like, uh, no response. All right, everybody. I'm Eric. I'm Boggs. I'm Michael.